Alrighty fellas, this video has already been scheduled once, never released, because this game got cancelled on Thanksgiving. Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 we are back again with what seems to be like most of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and whatever is going to be left on this corpse we can call the Baltimore Ravens team, although it does seem like they're going to be getting back some players that you might not have been expecting to return. Some of their running backs for this game are at least eligible to return, barring that they do pass their COVID test. What's up everybody? We're going to be breaking down this showdown slate that was supposed to be a million dollars to first, now it's 500 thousand dollars to verse almost a week ago on thanksgiving night at a wednesday night football game honestly i don't know if there's ever been a wednesday night football game i know earlier in the year when we had a tuesday night football game there's like one other one ever before that because of some crazy weather rain snow game that happened in the eagles way back but now wednesday night football i'm just going to declare this the first ever i'm sure somebody in the comment section will be like this is the third whatever whatever it might be fella we'll give you credits for knowing all about it but we're going to be coming back to this divisional matchup this matchup now undefeated the pittsburgh steelers and what we do here on these showdown states is i go through every single player i have projections for these players i have their ownership projections points, rankings, a bunch of stuff, Super Draft as well, the presenting sponsor of the show, projections over on my Patreon. You can follow down below if you want to. Best time to sign up right at the beginning of the month. This video is coming out on the 1st. Honestly, this video, the game is going to be played at 3.40 p.m. East Coast time on Wednesday, so be sure to keep that in mind. It's not a night game. We'll go live before that one as well, probably around noon or one o'clock tomorrow. But if this gets canceled as well, screw it. I'm getting this video out as soon as I can because we've already been attempting to make like one and a half of these videos and the game get, keeps getting pushed back. So it's going to be affected now. It is a Wednesday night. We might see J.K. Dobbins and and Mark Ingram. They're eligible after 10 days of coming back. They just have to pass their test. They're flying to the game on a separate plane than the rest of their teammates. So what we do here is we go down through every player. I give you analysis. I let you know early on if I'm interested or not, or maybe they're in my player pool, but not a priority interest. And then later on tomorrow afternoon, when I'm going to have my 150 lineups crunched, ready to play the showdown on Superdraft, ready to play probably on Jock Market. And yes, of course, DraftKings, we will have a Q&A. You can ask me any questions about my exposures. You can ask me about how I'm setting up rules, about if I like this guy or that guy, all that stuff. If you hit the notification bell, the like button, and the big old subscribing as we approach 35,000 subscribers by the end of the year is the goal here. We're getting very close, about 1,500 away. Appreciate that in advance. If you're listening on the podcast version, you can leave a five-star rating interview. It takes about 30 seconds of your time. Uh, the Sal Vetri Show on any podcast. If you want to leave a review on Stitcher or the Apple Podcast, you'll have a chance to win $50 we give away weekly. And the video is sponsored by, as they always are, Superdraft. We'll talk about my Superdraft projections tomorrow on the show. Basically, Superdraft's a multiplier format. So Big Ben has a 1x multiplier in this game. If he scores 17 fantasy points, he only gets 17 points. But for example, guys like Devin Duvernay, the rookie wide receiver for Baltimore, who's losing some snaps to Des Bryant, if he scores, let's say, six fantasy points, barely has a decent game, two catches, 40 yards, something like that, right? Well, then he's actually going to score 18 fantasy points because of his 3x multiplier, so he's going to have a better game than Big Ben. Pretty interesting way. It's all projection-based and multiplier-based, a little bit of ownership factor, in. we have projections on Patreon, but if you want to sign up and get some free money bonus, my name's Sal, S-A-L, when you sign up, there's a little thing that says have a promo code, you put that in, and bam, they'll give you some free money bonus up to $1,000 if you use that promo code Sal. But that all being said, let's get into this slate right now for the second like second and a half time trying to cover it this game gets canceled again oh well hopefully you enjoy the video if you're able to see it in time but we'll start at the top we'll go in uh i was gonna say alphabetical order but we'll go in pricing order from the top to the bottom starting with big ben roethlisberger the quarterback for the pittsburgh steelers so big ben it seems like hasn't played now in neither of these teams in like two weeks he has three straight 42 plus attempt games this year so he's throwing the ball a ton at this point baltimore not the same defense that you're scared of some injuries are, are the reasons why their secondary has taken a step back you've seen marlon humphrey going to cover this this year you've seen jimmy smith have to go out for some injuries this year. Marcus Peters is not having the same type of a season, and they just don't have that much pressure. They're ranked 23rd in pressure this year. They're bottom third in the league in their run defense. Yes, the rookie Patrick Queen, the linebacker out of LSU, is doing well, but not that many other guys are doing that great on this defensive line, and they rank 19th in coverage. 320 plus air yards in three straight games for Big Ben. Basically, just means that he's targeting the 
middle of the field and down the field a little bit more now. His yards per attempt, 6.7 on the year. Not that great, but he's number five in deep attempts, and he has the number three overall protection rating offensive line this year. Big Ben for me at $11,400 as the most expensive player in the slate. He's going to be in play, but there's a very strong chance that I don't get any of him in the captain spot. He just has too many good wide receivers on his team that are probably going to be more so than not the captains because of their upside. If it's a two touchdown game for one of them, if one of them has a seven catch for a hundred yard game, their 25 fantasy points is probably going to outduel at a cheaper price point, Big Ben. So I have interest in Big Ben and a flex option, probably not so much the captain. Deontay Johnson now, the second most expensive player in the slate because look, he's just getting volume. In all of his healthy games this year, the last time he faced Baltimore, he was not fully healthy. He did not play a full complement of snaps, just 66%, one catch for three yards and three targets. He had a tweaked hamstring in that game that went a little bit underreported. But in every other healthy game that he's finished, he's seen 10 plus targets. In week 11, I mean, he had 12 catches, 111 yards on 17 targets, which was a season and career high. He's had 53 targets in his last four healthy games. And like I said, in that last game against Baltimore, he was playing a little bit hurt. So Deontay Johnson is in play for me. He's a yes for me. These are all guys, these Pittsburgh wide receivers, wide receivers in general, or tight ends that have a lot of upside are the guys I usually like to get in the captain spot, unless you see an underpriced pass catching running back that's going to see like 12 to 15 touches, which we have not seen in a while and we won't see on this slate. Chase Claypool, the rookie is the next one up seven plus targets in four straight games, 39, so almost 10 per game, 39 total targets in his last four games as well. In week eight, he saw Baltimore. He played some Jimmy Smith, who is now going to be a little bit banged up and hurt. He had four, five catches, 42 yards. He had the game winning touchdown to have now his 10 touchdowns on the year on nine targets. He has 18 deep attempts, which coming into this past week was actually top five in the NFL. And he's top 12 in yards after the catch. So you have Deontay Johnson, who's top 10 in yards after the catch. So is Chase Claypool now. That's why Big Ben's having a lot of success this year, because I mean, he's just hitting his receivers and they're doing a ton with it after the catch to this point. Chase Claypool has over four yards after the catch per target. That's absolutely insane. So Chase Claypool, also yes for me. Might be saying, Sal, which one do you like more? Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool? I like them both, but I'll honestly save the $400 and go to Chase Claypool, who's getting the downfield targets a lot more than Deontay, is getting that yards after the catch, but also the red zone usage. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster was dealing with a little bit of a toe injury, might've been questionable for Thanksgiving, but I think he's going to play anyways. Now he's fully set to go. He's also very cheap, almost $1,000 less than Claypool, $9,600. He's seen 41 targets over the last four games. So after his first month of the year being kind of lackluster and and other guys getting there in terms of Deontay Johnson went healthy, uh, James Conner was having good games then. Obviously, Chase Claypool is starting to break out, had that four touchdown game. Recently, he's been a lot better. Nine red zone targets over his last five weeks. That's good to see. And Marlon Humphreys used to shut him down last time, both times last year. I think Marlon Humphreys' first ever start in the slot was against the Steelers, and he shut down Juju Smith-Schuster. Schuster had a touchdown in that game, but not against Humphreys. Now, this year, the first time they faced each other this season, he had seven catches for 67 yards on eight targets. Now, those 13 fantasy points probably don't get it done for you at $9,600, but it's good to see that he was at least able to uh, get open and get some production against Marlon Humphrey. Juju Smith-Schuster is also going to be in play for me. He's not going to be a yes at this point, but he's going to be very close to a yes because, again, I want to play wide receivers in the captain spot a lot. He's going to be probably behind Deontay and Chase Claypool for me, but based on his price point, maybe I end up getting there more than I expect, and we'll know when I do the live stream tomorrow. As we keep going here, Benny Snell, look, there's no James Conner. He's on the COVID list if you're not familiar with that. Jalen Samuels has been ruled out for this game, I think, with a quad injury. So it's Benny Snell and then the second-year player, Benny Snell, and then the rookie, Anthony McFarlane. Now, Benny Snell, he does have some volume this year in one game where James Conner got hurt pretty early. It was the first game of the season. He's averaged 3.3 yards per touch this year. He has not been good. Like, let's be honest here. Benny Snell is going to be a plotter against a bad Baltimore run defense. Yes, Baltimore is a bottom 10 run defense, borderline bottom five run defense in the NFL. He's only seen a 1% target share so far this season on three total targets this year. I believe he only has one reception as well. In a week one, when Connor was hurt, he played well. 19 carries, 113 yards, and no touchdowns. He had that one target on seven routes, no receptions week one. But honestly, outside of that game, he has not been that good. And that was also in a very good matchup. So Benny Snell, for me at $8,800, he's going to see a lot of usage. He'll probably see the goal line usage. You're probably going to see as a favorite in this one by 10 points and this team coming in with a 26 implied team total, you're probably going to see close to 16 to 18 touches for Benny Snell. So he's not going to be a clear no for me, but he's going to be somebody that I get less of because I just prefer all these wide receivers above him. He's kind of in his own price range 
range, though, yes, you have Robert Griffin next to him. But in terms of positional players, he's $1,000 different from Juju. And then the next closest is going to be you have J.K. Dobbins at $7,200, who's a lot cheaper because you have, then you have a Steelers defense at $7,800. So Benny Snell's in play, but not early on a priority. Robert Griffin the third. He's going to be in play for me at $8,400. And I'm currently going to make him a yes just because the rushing upside that he still possesses, and I believe that he possesses, is going to be enough for me to have at least some interest in him, more so than not at this price point, right? Keep in mind, he's a quarterback who's probably going to throw the ball if he stays healthy in this one. Also keep in mind that Trace McSorley, the backup, the third string for this team is also on the COVID list, the former Penn Stater who went off in the preseason twice last year. So it's all Robert Griffin the third, unless he looks absolutely terrible and they want to put Hollywood Brown at the quarterback position for him or sign somebody else right now to the roster. It's going to be RG3, who's at least made an appearance in nine games over the last couple of years, but it's basically just been him throwing like five or six times in mop-up duty in the fourth quarter, where he has at least looked decent. Now he's going to have a terrible pass blocking advantage, the worst on the week, minus 61% pass blocking advantage versus Pittsburgh's number two overall pass rush, their number two overall secondary right now. So not a great spot, but we're just hoping for some rushing upside. If he throws the ball 25, 30 times, has 200 passing yards and a touchdown, right? That's going to be enough for us right there, potentially if he starts to get 12 or 14 points at this price point. But we've seen the rushing upside from him. We saw it last year in week 17 against the Steelers when he got some more extended playing time. He ended up rushing for 50 yards. That was good to see. So he has had at least had some game time over the past year, year and a half. Again, nine appearances. He's going to be in play for me at this somewhat cheap price point of $8,400 for a quarterback that has some rushing upside. Next up is the Steelers. And we'll see if this changes by the time that I actually end up running projections and finishing them up. But I'm not paying $7,800 for a defense. I get it. They're facing a team that only has a 15 implied total. But at $7,800, if you're going to play them, you might as well just play them in the captain spot, honestly, and hope for two touchdowns and for that to be enough. But I don't have any interest. At $7,800, they're going to have to outscore Robert Griffin III, a quarterback who's going to project for mid-teens and fantasy points, right? They're going to have to outscore these guys below them that are projecting out for me right now, at least Eric Ebron, some other players, for more fantasy points. You probably need like 16 fantasy points or more from this defense. They can get there. They can get with their pressure rate and their matchup, six sacks. They can have a pick six, but you need that stuff, right? You need an elite sack performance and a defensive score. And if teams are going to roster them at like probably 15, 20% in this matchup, I'll just fully fade the Steelers defense at $7,800. It's a crazy price tag. $7,200 JK Dobbins. So keep this in mind. JK Dobbins and Mark Ingram are eligible to return if indeed they pass their COVID test. Now, by the time you're watching this, they might already be ruled out because they did not pass the test. But after 10 days, they're eligible to return. If this game had been played on Tuesday, they would not be allowed to return. But now that it's on Wednesday, they're eligible to return. They're traveling to this game right now in Pittsburgh on a separate team playing together, not with the rest of the team. And the last time we saw JK Dobbins, he was becoming the workhorse. 66% of the snaps saw 15 attempts on the ground and two receptions at 85 yards and a touchdown. Now I still expect three running backs, Gus Edwards and Ingram to be involved, but they were very much so factoring out Mark Ingram in that last game, only played a season low in the last three years of his career, season low, 8% of the snaps in a game where he was healthy. So Dobbins at $7,200. It's an expensive price tag. I'm not going to fully put him out of play right now, because again, I do think if the last game of volume, if he is going to be active, says anything about him, he's probably in line for 15 or so touches. Yes, he's a big underdog, but he's also the pass catching back on this roster out of the three of them. So Dobbins at 7,200 overpriced, but in play, I don't expect to get a ton. Next up is going to be Eric Ebron here. And I like Eric Ebron a lot in this week. He's been fantastic. He's been up there in terms of very quietly elite usage tight ends, six plus targets in three straight games, five or more targets in five straight games. And he has 11 red zone targets, which is top five in the NFL amongst tight ends and six straight games with at least one red zone. Look, you're getting touchdowns, I believe in three out of his last four games as well. Number eight in air yards for tight ends. And get this, he ran 41 routes in his last game in week 11. He's averaging 30 plus routes run per week on the season. That is number six out of all tight ends in the league. Now I get it. Some tight ends have been banged up. Uh, George Kittle is out for the season, things like that. But Eric Ebron right now is getting insane usage, not just the red zone usage. So he is going to be a yes for me as one of the guys who honestly looks appropriately priced in this slate. Now I do think that the Steelers wide receivers are not overpriced by any means. I think they're fairly priced, but I think that you might be actually getting some value at Eric Ebron. You have Gus Edwards who was priced, I assume, with a lot of people thinking that you are not going to have Dobbins and Ingram, and you still might. If Dobbins and Ingram are out, $6,200 Gus Edwards is a 
point underdog with no passing game usage honestly looks like a lot of fool's gold to me. Now he might see 14 attempts, but if he has 14 attempts for 80 yards, that's a decent game in real life, but eight fantasy points isn't getting it done at this price tag. If Dobbins and Ingram are out, he's going to be touched on or bust, and I probably stay away from the ownership. Now, if they're in, it's a full fade at $6,200, right? But this is a guy who only had 16 college receptions in 41 games. He's not going to be the pass catching back if Dobbins and Ingram are out. That's going to be Justice Hill, who will be the fourth string running back if Dobbins and Ingram are actually in. So Pittsburgh has a number one run defense. Again, you're likely going to need a touchdown or bust out of Gus Edwards at this price tag. I'm just going to be fading it. Now you get Hollywood Brown at $5,800. Lamar couldn't get it to him. Do we really think Robert Griffin's going to get it to him in this matchup with probably not that much time to throw? Honestly, my answer is no, but he's still going to be in play because all it takes for is one for Marquise Brown, who was not going to even the air yards from Lamar Jackson, but maybe he actually gets them from Robert Griffin. Also important to keep in mind that Willie Snead is also on the COVID list, somebody who's getting a ton of usage for this team. So Hollywood Brown is now, I would say, yet again, the clear cut number one wide receiver option. So Hollywood Brown is in play at $5,800. He has just six receptions in his last four games. And then in week six, the last time he faced this team, two targets, had a touchdown, but he was basically shut down because he caught a three yard reception for that touchdown against Joe Hayden. So Hollywood Brown in play because of the big play upside, no Willie Snead, and also no Mark Andrews. So the target share is definitely going to get compressed when they're passing. And if they have to pass 30 times, expect Hollywood Brown to at least see five to six targets in this game. Next up is Mark Ingram. And I have no interest at all at $5,200. Like if indeed Mark Ingram returns, there's a very good chance JK Dobbins also returns, which means I have no interest. And then if he's out, clearly no interest, but at $5,200, he's going to be the RB3 at best on this team if everything goes to plan. Unless even honestly, if JK Dobbins was out somehow and Ingram was playing, which I don't expect to happen, honestly, Justice Hill might see similar usage to Mark Ingram. Ingram, since he returned in those last two games, not getting that much usage at all. He only saw 8% of the snaps in week 11. It is definitely Dobbins times. In his last two games since returning from injury, where I think he got injured in week six, he only has seven attempts, two receptions, 31 total yards. I honestly don't think Ingram gets that much playing time in this one if he's even active. No interest in Mark Ingram. Next up is Des Bryant, who got signed officially to the full-on active roster after being active for the second time this year in their last game in week 11. And he did well. Five targets, four catches, 28 yards. Again, all that was with Lamar Jackson. But you're going to have some upside here because now they don't have Willie Sneed. Now they don't have Mark Andrews. He is arguably their second best receiving option on this team. I believe it's like 30, 32-year-old Des Bryant at this point. So yes, I do think that he's normally going to be the wide receiver three for this team moving forward. Now he's going to probably have to take on the wide receiver two or one A, one B role with Hollywood Brown. He'll be the possession receiver as it seems in this game. Maybe Miles Boykin gets a little bit more involved, but they kind of seem to have given up on that in previous weeks. Des Bryant at a 2.85 multiplier on Superdraft actually looks very nice this week. So keep in mind that again, promo code Sal SAL gets you that bonus on Superdraft sign up. People have been winning thousands, honestly, thousands, $25,000 a month and a half ago. Guys have been winning as recently as uh, on Monday, $800 as recently as last week, $4,500 and $800 and a $3,000 winner. So check it out. The patrons are absolutely crushing it. The community is crushing it because Superdraft is a fun way to play where not as many people, it's not as saturated over there. Again, that promo code Sal to get a free money bonus in a slow drip format up to a thousand dollar rooskies. So Des is in play for me. I'll scroll down now. And if you want to hit the like and subscribe, I appreciate that. So now we get to the kickers and on a slate where look, it's kind of tough to find value on the slate. All the Steelers guys, every single one of their guys in their offense is priced up. The running back, all three of their receivers, kind of fairly priced. Their quarterback, of course, kind of fairly priced. Eric Ebron as well at 6,600. But then there's not much value on this team after that. It's a pretty condensed offense. We're going to talk about some pieces, but you go to Baltimore and how do you trust the value right now? The running backs are all priced up because nobody knows who these running backs are that are going to be playing depending on the status of Dobbins and Ingram. And the wide receivers just don't look that appealing when you have Robert Griffin III throwing the football. When you get to these kickers, they're definitely going to be playing, especially when one of them is arguably the best kicker in the league in Justin Tucker. Now, will Justin Tucker in his offense be put in a situation to kick field goals? 15 implied point total says it'll probably have at least one or two attempts, maybe an extra point or two. So kickers are fine to roster. In these lower total games, there might actually be a lineup. I could see it being viable where Justin Tucker and Chris Bodwell are in the winning lineup. I don't normally say that. I don't think I've said that this year. I'm not going to set a rule this week. If I get them in the same lineup, I'm okay with that for the first time. Because if Tucker goes for his 11 or 12 fantasy points on a 50-yard field goal, and based on this point total, if Chris Boswell is going for nine or 10, 
10 fantasy points, that can be enough for you with a lack of value on this slate right now and a lack of routes run for the receivers down here. So they're both in play. Again, I don't prioritize putting them in the same lineup, but if you just happen to get a couple of lineups that have two kickers, normally I hate that and throw those out. This week, I'll let it slide. James Washington, the wide receiver four, and seems to be the fifth passing option behind Eric Ebron and the three other receivers. He's kind of expensive this week at $3,600. Look, he's splitting the wide receiver four snaps with Ray Ray McLeod, I believe, who is a rookie. I could be wrong on that. His upside is just being targeted deep. He has eight deep targets on 108 routes this year, so about a 4% deep target rate. That's where you're going to get it from. Maybe you get two or three targets out of Washington. You're hoping he connects on a deep one. For me at $3,600, I honestly, I don't normally say this either. I honestly prefer, prefer a kicker over Washington this week. I'll go to them probably more times than I'll go to Washington. Evan Duvernay with no Willie Sneed should be seeing an increased role with Miles Boykin. So at $3,200, he's expensive, right? He's losing a lot of his role to Des Bryant. His week 11 usage as a rookie was just eight routes run, two targets, and a five-yard reception versus Des running 20 routes. So Des having about two and a half times more of the role, but now with no Willie Sneed, somebody has to fill those shoes. Devin Duvernay seems to have jumped Miles Boykin in this pecking order of the receiving core. So although he's normally going to be the wide receiver four in this team, I think he'll profile out as the wide receiver three this week. He's not somebody that I love to get to, but it'll be in play for me until I actually run my lineups and see if we end up getting any of him or if we're just not going to get to any of these pieces of value, quote unquote value. Ravens defense, look, Big Ben will make mistakes, right? You're going to have some running backs that are not used to carrying a a heavy workload and Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane getting touches for the backfield. So I would not be shocked to see a $3,000 Ravens defense do anything. Now I'm going to project him for like five or six fantasy points. So early on, I'm not having heavy interest. I'll just keep him in a player pool for now. $2,600 Anthony McFarlane is next up. And this might be a guy that actually provides some upside and value. Again, no James Conner. And I don't expect Benny Snell to do anything in the passing game. Now, the concern is that McFarlane should be the pass catching running back this week, but how much are they going to actually need him to pass catch? How many routes will he have to run if they're up by a touchdown or two and they win by double digit points like Vegas is predicting with a 10 and a half point spread here? But expect him to see some carries on the ground. He's the more explosive running back without a doubt, kind of similar to like an Antonio Gibson that you're seeing out of the Redskins, how their playing styles in college were him coming out of Maryland. And in this one, look, six targets so far this year. That's double what you're seeing out of Benny Snell, which is a small sample size, of course. But he did see 26 targets in his final year last year at Maryland. A 7.6% target share is much better than what Benny Snell has seen in his college career. You're getting four yards per touch, which is also better than Benny Snell this year. I think Anthony McFarland is better than Benny Snell. I don't think the Steelers are going to do that right now. I think you're probably going to see uh, Benny Snell see 15 to 20 touches in this game on the ground. But there is a chance that they give McFarland double digit touches. And at $2,600, this guy's a firecracker. He's damn explosive. He'll be in a player pool for me. Justice Hill, it's a very wide range of outcomes, right? If indeed you have Dobbins and Ingraman, zero Justice Hill. I don't even know if he'll be active for the game. If he is, he probably doesn't step on the field. But if they're out, Justice Hill will operate as the pass catching running back who had 30 plus receptions in his age 19 year when he was in college. So if Ingram and Dobbins miss, Justice Hill is going to be in play for me. Not a yes, but a maybe. But as of right now, I'm going to assume Dobbins and Ingram are in, depending on when you're watching this, that might not be the case. So tune in tomorrow, probably go about 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. East Coast time for the live stream. But for tune in tomorrow to be sure where I am on Justice Hill, we'll have that final news on the status of the other Baltimore running backs. Right now, I'll put him as a no, assuming that those other guys are in. Miles Boykin, who did not even play in their last game and the game before that wasn't doing anything. Look, in week nine, he runs a season low eight routes and then he runs absolutely no routes in week 10. So Des Bryant took this man's job and then he took Devin Duvernay's job. So right now you're probably gonna see the wide receiver three usage split, Devin Duvernay, 3A, and then 3B, Miles Boykin. At $1,800, Boykin might see a couple of targets here. He was the guy who was gonna be the wide receiver two on this team. Willie Sneed took that over then Des Bryant took his job. Devin Duvernay took his job. So Miles Boykin's getting passed by literally everybody. Rookies, aging veterans, dusty veterans like Willie Sneed. I'm not gonna get any interest in getting to Boykin because I honestly just don't trust him to one, get on the field and two, to produce when he's actually on the field. Ray Ray McLeod for the Pittsburgh Steelers, $1,200. He's splitting time as the wide receiver four on this team and fifth passing game option with James Washington. In week 11, he ran 12 routes, saw four targets, all underneath routes though. So no real upside to Washington seeing 13 routes and three targets. So pretty much dead down the middle right now. Early on, I will say that if you're going to be picking a guy down in this range, it's probably Ray Ray McLeod on their $2,000. I'll put him as a no from now, but I might end up getting to some of him. It's just the fact that if he's going to get targets, he gets these like little pitch end 
rounds, similar to Tyler Irving on the Packers. If you know who that is, he gets these end rounds. He gets these screen plays for him. It's probably more times than not he sees two or three touches for like the mid teens in yardage. Vince McDonald, no interest here. He's likely to return after missing two games due to COVID, but he wasn't running any routes. And the more and more routes that Eric Ebron runs and has been running, the less that you're going to get out of Vance McDonald. You'll probably see one or two targets, maybe a 10 yard reception. He gets like a point or two. And then after that, there's nobody left at tight end right now for Baltimore. So as I scroll down, you'll see there's some names on here. As of my recording, these guys aren't on the active roster. Eric Tomlinson and Drell Adams. They might even be on other teams at this point. I don't know, right? You have no Mark Andrews because of COVID. Nick Boyle, I think, tore up his knee. Luke Wilson, for some reason, is not on the depth chart anymore. I assume there's something wrong, either COVID or injury with Luke Wilson. So that's three tight ends that were on this team like two weeks ago that are no longer there. So Eric Tomlinson, I believe a former Jet, a former Giant, he's going to come in here. He's played with this team before. I think it was like week six. He had a one, he had a reception as well this season, but that's it. That's all he's done on like six routes run. I assume that he's either on the practice squad or a free agent or something. So just keep a close eye on this. Right now, as the reports I'm looking at. He's not on the roster. Neither is Jarrell Adams, who has not registered a route run since 2017. He's also not on the active roster as of my recording. So keep a close eye to what Baltimore does at tight end. Either those guys, they'll sign new guys that aren't in the player pool, or they're going to re-sign and maybe call it from the practice squad to Tomlinson or an Adams. And at $200, I don't think they'll be that much of a factor. They're both going to be dusty. They both probably run if they are even active on this team, like 10, eight routes, something like that. But they need to find a tight end somewhere. Maybe they use a fullback. I'm not sure. But right now they have, as of my recording, no tight ends on the active roster. If you have any other information on the tight ends for this team, let me know about it. But if they are indeed active, we have seen Tomlinson have decent games, right? Three reception, two reception games for like 40, 50 yards and like six, seven fantasy points. So he would be the one that if he's actually going to be the tight end one, you can look at it $200, but it's really difficult to get excited about any of them. They're both going to be touched on or bust. I don't think they're going to get that much usage. That's where we're at right now in a game that's pretty wonky. Again, pretty cool though. You're going to get like a 330, 340 afternoon game on a Wednesday if this game, fingers crossed, does go off so that this video is not wasted like the other one. But thanks for tuning in. Be sure before you go to hit the like and subscribe button. Well, we will be live. A lot of people will probably be working tomorrow, either just getting to work on the West Coast, or probably just going to be working midway through their day, lunch break. But I'll probably plan to go live at 1 p.m. East Coast time for an hour tomorrow till two. Game starts an hour, hour and a half later. So just keep a close eye on that. Maybe I'll push it back a little bit so we can get on and be live during the inactives, at least for this game. So thanks for tuning in. Like and subscribe before you go. You can check out Patreon for projections and rankings for this game, ownership projections, super draft stuff, all down below in the description. You can follow along as well with that on the live stream and also increase your chances of winning. Just the more informed you are, better your chance you have at winning. Thanks so much, everybody. And I'll see you tomorrow for the live stream. Enjoy the rest of your day day.